This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. In the battle against anti-Semitism and hate, our campuses have unfortunately become a front line. In particular, criticism of Israel has become endemic and its most radical expressions leave Jewish students feeling angry, unwelcome, and even unsafe. The situation on our campuses is a dynamic one, which is why ADL issues an annual assessment of anti-Israel activity on campus. This year's report has just come out, and it will be the subject of today's show. Its author and today's guest is my colleague, Justin Finkelstein. He is an analyst in ADL's Center on Extremism, focused on researching anti-Israel and anti-Zionist trends and developments. Welcome, Justin, too, from the front lines. Hi, thank you for having me. So, Justin, how would you describe what this report covers? So this report covers the academic year 2020 to 2021 of U.S. campuses, some of the basic trends and some of the more problematic trends that we've seen among anti-Zionist and anti-Israel activity on campus. So we looked at Uh, boycott, divestment, and sanctions resolutions um, that were considered and passed. Um, And I should mention the main groups that were involved, uh, such as Students for Justice in Palestine, Jewish Voice for Peace, Palestinian Youth Movement, um, and a couple others. We looked at rhetoric on violence that's going on in in the region of Israel and the Palestinian territories. We looked at graffiti and vandalism. And we looked at the events in May 2021 and when there was the Hamas-Israel conflict. And also we looked at where some of these groups uh, get their funding. It sounds like a, a really important overview. Maybe tell us just a few key findings that you elaborate on in the report. One is that we see a trend, and this was intensified during the Hamas-Israel conflict in May, of pro-Israel and Zionist students being demeaned as being inherently and sort of like immutably racist or bigoted and really just being disparaged in this kind of way. And the attempts by some of these activists and groups to make this what what they're hoping to be uh, common wisdom, um, we also saw um, some 17 boycott, divestment, and sanctions resolutions that were considered, 11 of which passed, which was the most for, for several years that have been considered and passed. And, uh, and like I said, in May 2021, we saw an intensification of this rhetoric and severity, including at some rallies that were held that were co-hosted by some of these campus groups where Zionists were compared to Nazis in addition to, to the other rhetoric that I mentioned. It's interesting you talk about this idea of, of being labeled racist. You know, we're, we're in a moment here where people talk a lot about the issue of racial justice. So seeing the, the Israel issue through a racial justice lens seems to be a, a, a trend that, that we're seeing, uh, and not just this year, really for the past few years. There's a temptation to view... Uh, what's going on in Israel and the Palestinian territories through the exact same lens that we view uh, race issues here in the United States. These are two different scenarios. What's happening in Israel and the Palestinian territories can't be reduced to the exact same equation of what's happening here. Maybe give us some examples. Like what 
what happens most frequently on campus? What are what are some of the extreme examples of what uh, Jewish students are encountering when it comes to anti-Israel activity? We have Students for Justice in Palestine groups, which is a, a pro-Palestine, anti-Israel group that um, that has almost 200 chapters across the country. We see in their social media and some of their statements that if students are Zionists, that they can't be a part of, for example, uh, social justice organizing or, like you said, like racial justice organizing on campus, that somehow support for Israel is at odds with with this. We've seen, um, for example, um, there was a, a student official at um, USC who faced harassment for identifying as pro-Israel and Zionist, and she resigned. And... And after she resigned, the the SJP chapter on campus doubled down and said that Zionism really has no space uh, or cannot be um, in in our student government. That's the sort of stuff that we're seeing. And, you know, we should make it clear that this report is not about criticism of Israel on campus. Well, this report does cover the wide variety um, of of the anti-Israel movement on campus much of which is, like the report says, legitimate criticism of Israel. But the report looks also a lot at when criticism of Israel really comes, really turns to something beyond that, when you're, when you're uh, demeaning Zionists and Zionism or calling for the end of Israel's existence, those sort of things. And am I correct in saying that most Jews... Probably most Jews on campus feel a strong attachment to Israel. So this type of anti-Israel activity makes them extremely uncomfortable? Yes. Uh, Most Jews on campus, we know, um, not all, but most Jews feel some sort of attachment to Israel um, and consider Zionism or support for a homeland for the Jewish people in the land of Israel and and, and in Israel um, to be a part of their identities. So this sort of rhetoric is is really a rhetorical attack on their identities. And that's what this report tries to show is a pattern and an issue. Maybe play that out. How visible can Jews be on campus today, either in their connection to Israel or even their connection to Judaism? For the most part, uh, we're not, we are definitely not seeing it to be the case where uh, someone can dress in where a Jewish student might be, you know, so-called visibly Jewish and wear a yarmulke or other, um, uh, you know, clothing sort of signifiers of being Jewish and expect to be harassed or physically attacked. We're not seeing that sort of thing coming from the anti-Israel movement on campus. But what we are seeing is that when Jewish students might just, it can be as simple as stating on social media that they went on a birthright trip. That's a, a free trip authored, offered by an organization to, to go to Israel and just see, you know, Israel um, with other peers. Um, that that somehow, that sort of public expression of any sort of identification with Israel is in the eyes of many of these activists enough to to disqualify these students um, from from uh, campus life. So it's really as soon as 
any sort of public expression is made, then then the attack comes. But as far as Jews being visibly quote unquote Jewish, uh, not really. That's not really the issue. Let's move on to the issue of BDS. Uh, can you describe what that is and and uh, what what's wrong with it in the context of Israel? BDS stands for Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions, and it's a movement that uh, targets Israel. It, it markets itself as a nonviolent uh, boycott movement, and we know that it, it is a nonviolent uh, movement. But what the issue with it is, and a lot of people assume that it, all it is is like a political boycott of the state of Israel. And I should mention, of course, that political boycotts are, uh, you know, protected speech, First Amendment protected speech. What the issue is with BDS is that BDS has sort of like a a, a playbook, a, a, a rules book, if you will. If you go into their website, bdsmovement.net, they list out what the parameters are. BDS has two particularly problematic components, and that's the cultural boycott and anti-normalization. So the, the cultural boycott part of BDS uh, officially calls for the boycott of any institutions that are quote-unquote complicit um, in in alleged misdeeds of the Israeli government. And in practice, this has included uh, most probably uh, Jewish organizations in the United States, for example, um, who most of which, as we know, uh, have some sort of attachment. And then anti-normalization talks about how there should be no dialogue held between between people who don't view essentially one side being a colonizer and the other side the colonized. So that basically means that it's saying that that if anyone wants to participate, as for example, of course, Jews in a dialogue, that they essentially need to recognize themselves as colonizers, or if Israelis want to to uh, to be a part of a BDS, uh, uh, you know, approved events, that they need to view themselves as colonizers, and these these become real issues on on campus. We see, I'll give one example of an SJP chapter saying this past year that there, like I said, that there's simply that there should be no dialogue with Zionists. They say that being Zionist means you're inherently anti-Palestinian. And in addition, this SJP chapter uh, was saying there should just be no dialogue with Zionists, uh, point blank. doesn't get us very far on the road towards peace when uh, you're anti-normalization and and don't believe in dialogue. Absolutely. And the report says that there were 17 instances of BDS this year, 11 of which passed. Um, but what was the ultimate result of those calls for BDS? Thankfully, uh, universities have not adopted uh, these resolutions, many of which call for uh, divestment from, uh, from, like, the, Israel, from the university's endowment from, that might have investments in firms that are connected to the Israeli military in some way. None of these, fortunately, have been um, carried out and uh, or, you know, accepted by the university. And, of course, like I said, in, in other BDS calls are very problematic. Um, and they, of course, have not been adopted by universities either. And we hope to to have that continue so in the future. So it's not adopted by universities and therefore doesn't 
impact the bottom line in terms of Israel and, and its its economy or anything like that. But it is, of course, impacting Jewish students and, and perhaps changing hearts and minds on campuses of, of uh, Jews and non-Jews. Absolutely. It, like, it's, it's sort of like the pulse of the student body on campus in many ways, or at least large segments of it. In a lot of these cases, you know, this is the student government, the official voice of the students passing uh, a resolution. And it's uh, Students for Justice in Palestine and maybe Jewish Voice for Peace that are really the the principal actors in this space that are are pressing for this. How fringe are those organizations? So Jewish Voice for Peace is definitely on the margins of of the Jewish community. They do not represent the mainstream Jewish community. They often market themselves as being the voice of the Jewish community, um, but they're not. They're definitely very much on the margins. Um, Students for Justice in Palestine, it is a radical group. In some places, sometimes it's mainstream on some campuses in a nutshell, and sometimes it's not. Students for Justice in Palestine and anti-Israel groups oftentimes also just just engage in legitimate criticism of Israel. And, of course, that's what you would expect on campus, legitimate criticism of any country. So that's sort of the way that these groups are able to, to be a part of mainstream spaces. Does the report go into how to counter uh, this, this type of anti-Israel activity when it does rise to the level of anti-Semitism? Or does ADL have other resources that, that uh, students can use? The report does not. ADL does have an excellent resource called Think, Plan, Act that really goes into the all different all the different types of instances that someone can come across on campus. So whether it's a professor saying Israel is committing genocide in the classroom, or it's anti-Semitic tropes about Zionist power over political affairs being propagated by an anti-Israel group, that we have uh, this amazing resource, Think, Plan, Act, that you can find on the ADL website, ADL.org. So I, I definitely encourage people to look that up. And speaking of the website, uh, this report contains a wealth of information for college students concerned or anybody concerned about anti-Israel activity on campus. How can people find the full report if they wish to read it? Right now, if you just go on ADL.org, it's on the front page. You just scroll down. Um, you could also Google U.S. anti-Israel movement on, uh, on college campuses, ADL, and it should pop up. Okay, last question before we end the show. How, how does Justin Finkelstein come to play this, this role? So in high school, uh, as part of our school curriculum, we were taken uh, to Israel. And I got really interested in conflicts at that time. And I studied it in college. And just that sort of interest in researching it, understanding uh, the dynamics has just never left me. And that's what's essentially brought me here. Uh, well, so with that background, you're clearly the right person to be carrying out this work for ADL Center on Extremism. Thanks for the report and for all you do all year, bringing uh, to light anti-Israel activity. And, of course, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Scott. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and, of course, a big thank you to the listeners from me as well who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Uh, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines.